Good morning, One Hope. It's January 2nd, 2024, and this week we will look at Habakkuk, a small book in length, but not so small in its depth and power. What kind of book is Habakkuk? I love how Eugene Peterson puts it. Here I'm paraphrasing him. While the other prophets are those who brought God's word to us, Habakkuk is a prophet who took our words to God. We realize this when we actually see the structure of this book. This book is divided into two parts, chapter 1 and 2, and then chapter 3. And the first part consists of, chapter 1 and 2 that is, two questions which Habakkuk brings to God and two answers which he receives from God. And that's why Eugene Peterson says Habakkuk is a a book or a prophet that um, brings our questions to God. And therefore, the book of Habakkuk is, you could also say, a private book. What happens in this book and what happens here doesn't happen in the temple or in the streets, but somewhere I'm imagining in a room or a roof of even Habakkuk's house, a place where he found himself alone with God. As I tried to organize this book for us this week, I began seeing a movement, a movement of Habakkuk towards God. So I have summarized this movement in four phrases, and this week, instead of giving you a takeaway for each sermon as I usually do, I will give you the title for each sermon in a phrase. And the word that summarized the first movement of Habakkuk I see towards God is summarized and captured in this word, question. So here is the title of the first sermon, Questioning God. And the first question which he asks God is this, verse 3, Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. I see evil all around me in the kingdom of Judah. God, Why aren't you doing anything? Have you not heard me cry out to you? And yet, there's nothing but silence from you. You're not doing anything about this evil that's taking place in our kingdom. God's answer, I'll raise up the Babylonians. Verse 6, I'm raising up the Babylonians that root... Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. I'll raise up the Babylonians to destroy you, southern kingdom of Judah, to bring judgment upon you. And that's how I'm going to do something about this evil you're talking about. Well, Habakkuk has a follow-up question, and it's this. How could this be? Verse 13. Look at towards the end of this verse. Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Here what he's saying is, how could you possibly use the Babylonians to destroy us? They're more wicked than us. At least in our kingdom, there are some who follow you. 
But Babylonians, they don't even know you. They don't even follow you. And how is it that you use them who are more wicked than us to destroy us? And God's answer to this question is found in chapter 2, where he says, when the time comes, I will judge the Babylonians too, along with all the other nations that are evil and wicked. But for now, I'm going to use the Babylonians to still destroy you and judge you. The two questions which Habakkuk asks, and I try to show you in those two verses, is captured in this one word, why? We ask these questions too. And we can also ask these questions to God as well, as Habakkuk shows us. And that's why many who study this book and teach this book focus on the fact that Habakkuk asked these tough questions to God. Perhaps the kind of questions that we also want to ask, but we are uh, 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 hesitant to ask. And they focus on these questions too. And while that's true, I think the focus personally should be found elsewhere. And to show that, I want to draw your attention to verse 12 again, where it says, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. What I want to draw your attention to is not just that Habakkuk asked these tough questions, but he asked these questions based on this, his relationship with God. He calls God Lord. He calls him my God, my Holy One, you, Lord, my rock. It is within these questions that he asks these questions. These questions take place within this relationship where Habakkuk is certain of who God is. In other words, Habakkuk is not an investigative journalist who's trying to do an expose on the conspiracy of God who claims to be good and holy and yet doing these things. But he's asking these questions as a follower, genuine follower of God who wants to know him more and who wants to know the heart of God. And because of that, his questions become a door through which he enters more deeply into his relationship with God. As I've already shared with you, his questions become his movement towards God, not away from God. True relationships are built on conversation. And at the heart of that conversation is a question and answer. We ask questions to enter more deeply into the heart of that person with whom we have a relationship. So what I find to be such a blessing in this book is not that Habakkuk asks these tough questions to God to investigate him, but that by asking these questions, he shows us that he's alive in his personal relationship with God. He doesn't ask these questions in a public place for the sake of ministry. He asks these questions in a private space for the sake of his personal relationship with God. And as a result, through these questions, 
we see Habakkuk wrestling with God in his relationship with him. He shows us through these questions that he is alive in his relationship with God. So as you begin, and as we begin this podcast in this new year, I ask you this question, are you alive in God? I'm actually very sensitive to expiry dates. I don't know if you're one of those people. So whenever I see in my fridge something that's expired, I'm just quick to throw them out. It's like, we cannot eat this. It's not good for us. Let's throw them away. Well, maybe it's because of that, but I do that with not just food, but I do that with everything in life. And I've come to do that with everything in my life very early on. And I've come to see that everything, pretty much everything in life also has expiry dates on them when it comes to providing that joy that will last. So when I see that, I've learned to not put too much of my hope and joy in them. Just enjoy them for what it is, but not put my ultimate hope in them. Well, over the years, I've come to see and now I'm convinced that there's only one thing in life that doesn't have an expiry date on it. And then that is my personal relationship with God in my personal private space alone with Him. That doesn't have an expiry date. The more I get to know Him, I want more of Him. I'm satisfied and yet in an interesting way dissatisfied. But it's not a miserable dissatisfaction, but it's an eager, joyful dissatisfaction where I want more of Him because as I continue to fill myself more with Him, there's no end to Him. I see that there's more to Him. He's eternal and He's unending when it comes to providing that joy to me in my personal relationship with Him. So knowing that there's no expiry date on my personal relationship with God, I seek Him more. I desire more. And Habakkuk, what we see is through these questions, he desires more of God. He seeks more of him. Questions were not just uh, 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 an end in himself, but for Habakkuk, it was a means to an end. He wanted to get to the heart of God, and he wanted more of him. Anything and everything else in our lives can do that for us, just as questions did that for Habakkuk. It could be questions that we have for God. We want to ask to him. It could even be the difficult experiences that you're going through. As you turn yourself towards God and begin to move towards God with them and through them, they can become a way for us to go deeper into God's heart and find that relationship that has no expiry date when it comes to providing that joy. So, I want to encourage you this year as we begin with this book of Habakkuk. Friends, stay alive. Stay alive in God. In God. Everything can be a tool to stay alive in God. So let them be. Let them be. Be the tools that you use to enter into God. In Jesus' name, amen.